Thank you. you. May be seated. Happy New Year. We are glad you're here this morning. You're the crew that stayed up till midnight, right? You came at 11 o'clock. I couldn't believe how many truly godly people were here last hour. (laughs) No, what a great way to begin uh, being in worship before the Lord. We are so glad that you're here and uh, we are are thankful that God has sustained us for this day. And New Year's is celebrated in so many ways in different cultures of the world. For instance, in Siberia, it's a tradition to dive into a, a lake, cold lake, holding a tree trunk that you leave under the ice. Be thankful where you live. In Burma, people splash water on each other, signifying purity of life. Armenian mothers bake special bread, and they need it uh, for a long time for good luck and good wishes. In the Philippines, homeowners open all their doors and their windows on New Year's Eve in order to allow all negative energy to leave and positive energy to come into their homes. Spanish tradition holds that people should eat 12 grapes right before midnight, New Year's Eve, uh, a grape for every month of the year signifying uh, good and good luck for that, for that month. You know, and I ate 13 last night, so I blew it, you know, altogether. Uh, one New Year's custom in Russia is to write a wish for the upcoming year and then light it. Uh, burning it, take the ashes, put it in a glass of champagne, and drink it right at at midnight, uh, New Year's Eve. In Johannesburg, South Africa, residents throw old appliances out the doors and the windows, and they buy new stuff. Who said amen over there? Uh, It it, it, uh, supports the old adage, out with the old and in with the new. But you know how we're going to welcome the new year? By praying. What better way for God's people to enter this new year than by praying together and giving him the year that is before us. Our elders have wisely challenged our church uh, to make 2017 the best praying year we've we've ever spent. And so we're going to spend every last Wednesday night of the month in prayer in the sanctuary here for any variety of things. But it's a good time uh, for us to pray. We started at noon yesterday. Uh, People came into the sanctuary here starting at noon yesterday and did it right until worship started this morning. And people were here through the night praying uh, about this uh, new year. And I trust you've already spent some time in prayer giving your life to the Lord at the beginning of this year. And so this morning in the service, we're going to focus more than anything. We're going to do a lot of things, but, uh, but we're going to pray throughout the service this morning. But I would like to begin, uh, because we have a lot of kids here, and I want the kids to come to the stage, because I want to talk to them by myself. You're welcome to listen, but I want them to come to the stage. We're all saying, Jesus loves me, so kids, come on up to the stage. Happy New Year. So how many of you stayed up till 12 o'clock last night? What kind of parents do you have? <laughs> well, we are, we are so glad you're here and this place of worship because we're going to focus on God today, and I hope you will all your life long. Uh, I have a phone here, and you can do a lot of things with this phone, can't you? What can you do? Play games. Call somebody. Do messages to somebody. Send messages to somebody, yep. You know what time it is? Yeah, there's lots of things you could do. The most important thing, of course, is that we get to call people. And sometimes you get voicemail. 
because they can't answer right then or the phone's turned off or something right. And or sometimes they get a busy signal because they're already talking. You know, the wonderful thing about prayer is we're talking about prayer today. We're going to be praying today. And prayer is talking to God. And you know, whenever you call on the name of the Lord, he always is available. He always hears you. He always wants to hear what you have to say. There's nothing that he doesn't want to hear about in your life. And I want you to always know that. Now, I want to give you a little tool to help you pray. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just scared. You ever have to go wake up mom and dad because you're a little afraid in the middle of the night? Yeah. Now you don't have to because I'm going to show you what you do. And they'll be very happy that I told you what to do. Okay? And uh, so I want you to put your hands up like this. All right? Right, like this. Now, I'm going to give you an exercise so you can use this to pray in the middle of the night or when you're at school, when things aren't going well, or because you just are thinking of the Lord. So we're going to start with this little finger, and it's the furthest away from you, right? This is the furthest away from you. Hold your hand like this. So we pray for people who are far away from us. And when we come to church, often we remember people are far away from Who's far away from us that we want to remember to pray for? Like, like missionaries? Like, yeah. No, missionaries, right? Like, like, like me? Yeah, yes. Do you know any missionaries that are far from us? Mm. No, anybody know any? Uh, mine, it's the same, one as same as him. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, you know any missionaries? Well, we have Richard and Tim. You remember Richard and Tim from Ghana who's saying he's always by our side? Remember God is always by our side? Or we, we, we what's that? The people from Chile were here for vacation Bible school. Who? Austin and Amanda Ganya. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So these are people who are serving Jesus, or we can pray for other Christians in other countries that are different places in the world. This finger that is called the ring finger, it's the weakest finger of all our fingers, this, this second finger. And so there are lots of people that are going through weak times. They're, they're going through hard times. What kinds of people go through hard times? People that have cancer. People have cancer who are sick. Okay. Yeah, we've been pray- we've been praying for and Lexi. Yes. Right. Jesus has to help Absolutely. There's also like homeless people, or people who are just going through hard times in their lives because of financial problems or they lost their job. There's lots of people like that. So these are the people you remember that are going through a hurting time, all right, a weak time. The middle finger usually is the tallest finger. And so we want to remember God and pray that God is known all over the world by all kinds of people. We want to pray that his name is worshipped around the world. And he's the center of the five of the five fingers we have, okay? So we want to pray for God's name to be the, the end, this is called the index finger. It's also called the pointer finger. And there's a lot of people in our lives that point us in the right direction. They point in our lives us to right. For instance, who are, who are leaders in our lives who lead us? God does. Mm-hmm. Our parents. Who else? The president. The president of the United States and all the other government leaders. Jesus. Jesus. And grandparents do, for sure. Uh, there's all kinds of people there that we want to pray that they point us in the right direction. So you remember who's pointing our lives in government, in the church, our church leaders, are your parents, your teachers. Hi, welcome. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then the thumb. Hold your hand back up. Where's your, where's your thumb pointing? Uh, to, to yourself. 
So you want to pray for yourself. And whatever is on your heart and mind, whatever concerns you, God wants to hear about. And you get to pray for yourself too, knowing God listens. So the little finger, what's it about? People far away. The, this middle, the second finger, the weak people, people who need special prayer, the sick and the hurting. And the middle finger is about God himself because he's the tallest, the longest finger. This one, people who lead, lead our lives in different areas of life. And this one is for ourselves. And you know when you practice that, you make God so very happy. It shows that you want to talk to him, that you want to, you want to know him better. And he knows you so much. He loves you so much. And you're so important to him that Jesus even said, unless the rest of us become like you, we can't enter the kingdom of heaven. So you're good examples for us. I hope this year you'll be a, a good example for other people, but also you'll love praying to God anytime you want to, knowing he hears your prayer, okay? Bless you. Have a good day. Let's sing Jesus Loves the Little Children. Welcome God is our first section this morning. Um, we are welcoming God into our lives this new year. We are welcoming him, his presence, and, and all his fullness. We are welcoming, welcoming him to do what he wants to do in our lives, what he wants to do in our church, what he wants to do in our country. Jesus, remember, was at Sychar. He sat down and chatted with a woman from Samaria there who was an outcast woman. And he engaged her in conversation. When the disciples came back, they were shocked that Jesus would be engaged to a woman like her. And then later in that conversation, he said, I tell you, open your eyes and look to the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So uh, we shall continue to pray this morning uh, throughout the service. And as we, we employ different kinds of even postures and different ways to pray, I trust that it's, it's a welcome to God. It's a welcome to God. That's what we want to do in this service, welcome him to every feature of our life. So what we're going to do right now, sometimes postures and the way we use our bodies indicate something. So I want us to sit with our palms up and in our laps. Uh, indicating the receptivity, the receptivity of our hearts and spirits toward God. That God, we want you, we want you in our lives. We want you to do something in us. We want you to keep, keep forming us to be new in you. So we're, we're going to sing, Open My Eyes. It's a prayer that we sing. We'll sing, a, we'll sing it a few times through. And then I'm going to give you time just for silent prayer just in silence, and we're going to ask God to do anything he wants to do within us and that we'll always be receptive to his good work this year. We have uh, four mics set up, and we're going to recount the blessings of the Lord from 2016. Part of being a believer and being encouraged in the future is the way God has been faithful in the past. And often in the Psalms, the psalmist uh, wrote songs giving praise to God and thanks to God for how he has been faithful to Israel. And there's good in that for us as well. Here's the word of the Lord in Isaiah 63. I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised. According to all the Lord has done for us, yes, the many good things he has done for Israel. And you could fill in the blank there. Your name or your family or your community or your neighborhood. According to his compassion and many kindnesses. He said, surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. 
And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Gratitude and praise should always be on our lips. Isaiah recalls, he says, the kindnesses of the Lord. And he is different from grace. He's thinking back of, think of all the ways God was faithful to Israel through uh, getting them out of Egyptian slavery and then faithful to him the, wander, in the, wilderness, the wanderings and the wilderness. And remember, Moses had a hard time, you know, going forward. And he says, you know, we, we, can't, we, we dare not go forward unless I'm assured of your presence with us. And so God did send his presence among them and gave visible signs and expressions of his presence. And so he saved them from so much. And that whole, that whole presence of the Lord back in Exodus 33 is so clear and so vivid in that text through their wandering in the wilderness. So we're going to start singing. We're going to sing How Great Is Our God. And as we do that, I trust some of you. We had some great testimonies last service. And these mics are here, two in the balcony, two here. Whatever you're thankful for, for 20, from 2016, what are you grateful for and what, what God has done for you? So don't be shy. What happens is you edify the body of Christ when you share your thanksgiving and your praise. So uh, don't, don't be shy. Uh, make your way to the mics as we sing. How great is our God. We also, I trust that your, our hearts will grow in gratitude, expressing that to God. Remember at Thanksgiving, I said, there's a difference between feeling thankful and being thankful. And we need to express our gratitude. Uh, second, we confess to God. Here's the scripture. Why do the nations conspire and peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession, you will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. And that's us. Psalm 2 is quoted in the New Testament seven times. And every time it's in reference to the Messiah, our Savior, and the Lord's Christ. It has various divisions about our own rebellion, and we know we're acquainted with our rebellion, right? That's why we're here is because we, knew, we know at one time we were rebels, and we had, our faith had to become, even if you grew up in the church, there came a time when your faith had to become your own. And you realized that Christ's sacrifice was for you personally because of sins committed against him. And so uh, throughout this year, we want to increase our discipline at learning confessional prayer. Because it's one of those things we slide over easily and, and we need to confess and confession is about confessing Christ always by our lips and by our lives. It's also about confessing our sins. Uh, we're coming to this time of our service to remember Jesus Christ. When we partake of these emblems, we are declaring, we are confessing that we believe in the death, 
burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and that he is coming back. That's what we're doing every week. The gospel is being announced when we take these emblems. And we're going to do this in just a moment. At the same time, we're going to be leaving our tithes and offerings here. That's also an act of worship, and it's saying to God, we confess that your name is to be broadcast around the world, and we are committed to do whatever we can as a church to see that your name is made known. And so both these acts of worship we combine together in this, in this aspect of confessing him as Christ, confessing our our deep need for him always and the continual cleansing of his blood that's always available wherever we are, whatever has happened. And we're confessing that we want to do whatever we can, sacrificing our lifestyles to see that by our giving, God's name is broadcast. So we're going to do that right now. I'd like us to uh, pr uh, pray this prayer together. And then we'll, we're going to start singing, We Bow Down. And as we do that, you can make your way to one of these three tables along the front. There are two tables in the back. You're in the balcony. We'll have to make your way to the main level. You're welcome to come down these steps and make your way to the front as well. We will partake of the cup at the end when everybody has a chance to, take the, to receive the emblems. Please pray with me aloud. Almighty and merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the plans and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. But you, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare those who confess their faults, Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. Merciful Father, help us live a godly, righteous, and faithful life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Through the grace of Jesus Christ by his sacrifice, we have forgiveness of sins through faith. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. We petition God. Galatians 4 says this, but when the, time, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. One of our discussions in Bible studies throughout the years has been, why did God wait so long? Why did God send Jesus right at this particular time in history? So many, so many thousands of years had gone on before he sent Christ. In fact, there were 400 years of silence between the end of the Old Testament period and the beginning of the New Testament. I took a graduate school class that centered all on Galatians 4.4 when the time had fully come. And our professor used that as a springboard into all kinds of, of uh, insights into perhaps why it was the best time. But this is something else that's interesting, is that, that people who study the world population say there have lived up till now about 105 billion people on the face of the earth. 
2% of them only lived before the time of Christ. And it seems like, perhaps, some have suggested that just before the exponential population growth of the world, God sent his son. Perhaps that's true. We won't know. Maybe God will tell us some, sometime. Maybe he won't. He doesn't owe us any explanation. But we often question the timing of God when we pray to him. We always wonder uh, what, what he's waiting for or why he doesn't answer us more quickly. And we could spend lots of time studying scripture about that. But it does remind us of our need to depend on God and to express our hearts to him. I know I've talked to some people before that they just don't want to burden God when they're people who have more, more uh, uh, deeper issues or more important things, as if God can be made weary or be on overload from our requests. Whatever God, God whatever is on your heart, whatever you, you are burdened by, God is anxious to hear, no matter what. The text tells us we can cry, Abba, Father. That is daddy. Daddy, when Diana and I were in Israel, I remember little children calling out their dads in the streets going, Abba, 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 Abba. You know, it's that intimate relationship that a child has with God. We're going to sing, He Knows My Name. And I hope you understand that and know what that means. Everything about you, every cell of your body, you know, every thought, every intention of the heart, everything is there. And then I'm going to give you time, if you'd like, to kneel in prayer before God. You don't have to. But the other thing I want us to do, um, I don't know what country I was in when we experienced this. We, we've done it one other time. Is that in this worship service, we all prayed out loud at the same time together. And it was a rich experience. One of my highlights of the week is our men's, uh, men's gathering on Friday mornings for breakfast. And one of the things we do is pray around our tables, about eight or nine tables of men. And just the room is filled with men praying to God. And it lifts me. It, 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 it is so exalting. I trust to the name of God. And so I want, I want our room to be filled with prayers to God. And uh, don't be shy about praying softly out loud, you know. And just pray that this year... Uh, what, the, 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 what are the intentions of your heart? You also have in your bulletin today a little envelope. I don't know what I did with mine. Do I, here it is. You have that. I want to challenge you today and tomorrow this week. Write down the most important things that you'd like, that are, that are on your heart, that what you would really like to see happen this year, and intentionally pray about those. And if you cannot lose it before 2018, uh, open it next New Year's Day and just see what God has done as you pray diligently about the things that are most concerning to you. God is faithful to his people. He loves to hear his people pray. And so let's, uh, let's present a request to God after we sing. And we anticipate God in this new year. I trust that uh, you're ready to pray, God, whatever you want, here I am. I surrender, whatever you want. And uh, that, might, that might mean that pain comes, suffering, loss, or great mountaintop experiences. I can't, can't, I can't number the kinds of people, I can't number the people who have said to me, I wouldn't wish what I went through on anyone, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Because out of it, they learned so much about God and themselves, and they grew in ways they never would have grown without the pain and the struggle. This year, we'll have some pains, you'll have some bad days, and some bad seasons, perhaps, some things that are threatening, but God is faithful and good to his people. Matthew 2 says, uh, regarding Mary and Joseph, 
and the, and the Magi, when they, the Magi, had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. And then in verse 19 it says, And after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. Imagine all the uncertainty of Mary and Joseph when they, when they traveled to Bethlehem for the census. And then when they had to travel to a foreign country because of the threat of jealous King Herod. And how long they were there, we really don't know. And then the arduous journey back to Nazareth and fearing a new king on the throne. There was so much unknown. And yet they simply obeyed what they were called to do. God's servants have always been in that situation. Abraham was called to leave the Ur of the Chaldeans. And God was going to make him the father of many nations. The Bible says he didn't know where he was going. But God revealed as he walked by faith. It happened to Moses. You remember Moses was called to lead God's people. But he said, God, I dare not go unless I'm assured you're going to be with us. And, and uh, God made that be known. And he made himself known in various ways through the wilderness wanderings. Joshua, before they went into the promised land, he was, here he was facing these Canaanite peoples. Uh, previously, 40 years earlier, they, the people said, we don't want to go there. They're giants in that land. But Joshua rose up by faith. And he said to the people, consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. Who here doesn't want God to do amazing things among us? As a church, and our families, and our lives, and he is able to do immeasurably more than we can think or imagine. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God can do that? Regardless of the situations of our life, I believe that with all my heart. We are called to trust him no matter what. So let's do that. Let's walk by faith in 2017. Let's be a praying people like we never have been before. Let's be on our knees more together. Let's learn to lay all our lives out before him. Even when you feel ashamed, even when you're embarrassed, when we, when we know we've rebelled against God and been disobedient, he still will take us in our shameful condition as we confess our sins. He is anxious to forgive us, cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. That's the kind of God he is. Let's not, let's not decrease in our faith, but only increase. Would you stand with me, please? I want to sing a couple stanzas of In Christ Alone. Uh, before that, though, I want us to just form, form yourselves in small prayer groups where you are, families, and invite other people to join you. And let's give 2017 to the Lord, all right? So a couple of you out of every prayer circle utter a prayer to God.